Hello world, welcome to the High Paying Bastards. We are your hosts, Ian and Ari. Here we will discuss anything related to video game culture, so please take a seat and join us. All right, Ian. How are you doing, man? Uh, I am okay. Could be better, but I am here with you to talk about some video games. How are you doing, Ari? I'm doing good, too. I just had my dinner and everything else, so I'm ready to go for the next hour before I have to eat again. Yeah, we're supposed to be getting some crazy rain here, too. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, it is what it is, unfortunately. I was planning on going out for a run, like a really long one. If it's going to rain, then I'm going to probably have to stay inside. It's supposed to be like torrential downpours until like 12 o'clock noon tomorrow. <laughs> I didn't like weather people to describe weather like it's doom or something <laughs> like that. Like torrential rainfall. It's raining cats and dogs. If you have any plan, cancel it. You stay home. Don't even come out. Yeah. Okay. Don't even move. And you like rain though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoy it. I think... Um... Uh, I mean, I got to run errands tomorrow morning, too, so I'm not looking forward to that, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's see how it works. Maybe, you know, as always, the meteorological people, they might get it wrong, and we might actually end up with no rain at all. That happens sometimes. Hopefully this one, too. All right, so let's get into some game stuff. Yeah? Yep. Yep, let's do that. Let's do that. Uh, What do you want to talk about first? Let's go ahead and talk about this first news we're looking at from the insider gaming, right? The uh, Microsoft has now decided to do an overhaul of their Xbox achievements. Now, I'm not much of an achievement hunter. How about yourself? Um, I mean, PlayStation's got trophies, but I don't really go for them. I've only platinumed one game, and it was Maneater. Yeah, it's kind of weird because I've never really gone for you know, full completion or anything like that, or even tracked my achievements nor do I want my gamer score, but it looks like some of the people who are excited about this news, they hope that Microsoft does some improvements on its achievement notifications, but it's mostly rumors and hearsay. So like, it's not exactly a concrete news, but it's mostly rumored that Microsoft will try to revamp some like achievement features. Yeah, I think from this article from Insider Gaming, I think it's more than just just rumors though i think it's like it's i think it's been talked about in like the xbox sphere so to say for a little bit so i think it's a little more than just rumors i could be wrong though yeah so like you don't do a lot of achievement tracking on your end right no i'm i'm not i'm not that good at video games man (laughs) (laughs) that it's weird then Uh, you didn't tell me that on your resume when we decided to do a podcast together that's very interesting to learn now ian yeah i did I just, I play a lot, but uh, I am not good. (laughs) But one of the things that I was kind of hoping was from the achievement standpoint, when you do an achievement, you would get rewarded in the game with those custom armors, like in the cheat codes even. It could kind of give like, you know, kind of interesting thing when you do like an achievement. I wish they would bring that back. That would have been personal preference, to be honest. Yeah, instead of getting like an achievement or something like that, like you said, you would get like a cool piece of armor or like a cool uh, decal on your weapon or something like that. They changed that to microtransactions. <laughs> you bring that up every single time. Come on, man. They got to make money somehow. Huh? Oh, the poor the poor big wigs. They need more thousands of dollars now. I, I will say, I don't know if Microsoft does this. I know Sony does. So like when you do get an achievement, like a bronze trophy or whatever the hell, it records like a little clip of it. 
And I know when Xbox Achievements first came out, it didn't do that. They might have done an update at some point to include that. But that was one thing I do liked about uh, Sony's like achievement stuff is that like it give you like a little video clip of you getting that achievement. Yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. One thing about the Xbox achievement I remember is like it makes that nice little dopamine hit sound like in you know, that yeah. here and you're like that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Like not cool but like oh just hit my you know monkey brain or something like got a little bit of reward out of it. It's like you know no real world value other than somebody looking at my profile and then thinking it's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, I'm sure they'll they'll put out some more news at some point this year with a probably an Xbox showcase or something like that. Yeah. Well, let's move on then, right? I mean, that's yeah. mostly rumor and hearsay anyway, so we'll see what comes up. But moving on to uh, something about Nothing Burger kind of news, I'll be honest. The Square Enix CEO was kind of releasing an internal communication that they want to use AI a little bit more aggressively. Now, the reason I say this is a lazy article is because uh, the author is just using a simple code from a communication that went out throughout the company. And it doesn't really detail exactly how AI will be used in the game development. Although they said, like, you know, they throw out the buzzwords like chat GPT using to kind of create NPC dialogue, but not very interesting in my opinion on that end. Yeah, I think this was just kind of like the Square Enix CEO or whatever, just hitting, hitting the buzzwords and, you know, let the uh, communications... Uh, team deal with the logistics of like how that entails right you know is it is is the ai gonna use chat are they gonna use chat gpt to like make dialogue for ai that's dynamic and stuff or because there's already been talk of them using ai for things like images and videos yeah like facial animation would be a pretty cool thing to use it because those things are really hard to get and animate and render and etc but yeah those would be a pretty cool kind of area like how would they use ai for game engine how would they use ai for you know expanding the map or like that would be much more interesting to learn than what they have posted for now yeah um Ari, i don't know if you saw this but um when i was scrolling through reddit i saw i don't know if you remember the matrix demo that came out i think it was like last year or something like that there wasn't like anything really to that demo. Like it was literally you just like walk around or some shit like that. I don't know. Do you remember that one at all? I remember that one. That one was a demo for Unreal Engine 5. Uh, basically, it's just kind of like showing what the new... That At the time, Unreal Engine 5 was pretty new. And they were showing what kind of capability that engine can produce when it comes to rendering. Yeah. So I saw a clip with, with that demo or whatever. And I don't know how... I will say preface this by saying I don't know how... Uh, truthful this clip was that I saw but there was a streamer that was playing it and he had a mod for it that used chat GBT chat uh, GPT to make dialogue for the NPCs that were around so they were at he was actually dynamically talking with these NPCs that's very interesting yeah I mean if that's the case you know that'd be pretty cool to see because I think the NPC dialogue has always sounded pretty kooky anyway, so I don't think anybody would notice kind of a difference. But yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, again, from this article itself, it's just kind of a no direction, no detail kind of article, not much yeah. into it. But if there is like in any company that will start, you know, some kind of thing about AI being used in their uh, particular game development, it's most likely a Japanese company that starts in real honesty because I don't want to say as if like, you know, they have very lax labor laws there. But, you know, 
we have here in the United States, like AI is becoming a major conversation about how uh, we will use it and not try to replace actual human workers with it. I mean, we say that too over here, but they'll do the same exact thing, man. If it, if it saves their bottom dollar, damn straight they're going to use that shit. Yeah. Yeah. But they'll have like some backlash here on like, oh, yeah. the, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So far, no direction, no detail, kind of an art, like in you know, an article. That's why I call it kind of a lazy article. <laughs> let's let's move on to some Eurogamer. Um, Horizon MMORPG? Question mark. Yeah, this one's kind of interesting because uh, I'm looking at the article from Eurogamer. Now, see, uh, just to kind of get back, this is an article that is kind of well written, better written than the paper. But this one's uh, kind of like it gives a lot more details. Uh, what I understand is that there is a two pipeline for a Horizon Zero, not Zero Dawn, but a Horizon series MMORPG going on. One pipeline is the PS focused uh, developed by the Guerrilla Studios, but there is another one that is more focused around PC and mobile and not PS5 release itself. Um, where do they, did they get this from like a job posting? Is that what it was? Yeah. So they got the, the, one about the Gorilla Studio, it's the news that has come out quite a while ago as well. Um, there was a job posting on those end as well. And for this one, what they understand is that it's from a job posting as well. So like the Project Skyline logo is basically Horizon logo being used, like the font and everything else being used. Yeah, I know I know this franchise has been getting uh, good praise from the people that play it. Um, I do. I played the first one and it's not bad Um it has a lot of like the I feel like the standard Ubisoft like explore climb tower open map kind of thing, which kind of uh, to me it just gets kind of boring. Um, so I didn't get very far into it, but I know a lot of people out there like the game, and there's a lot to it. I did play the first one when it was ported into the PC. Um, I played, played it on Steam. At the time, they had some bugs when it was released on PC a little bit, the frame rate kind of dropping and stuff like that. But it was an enjoyable game. I had a pretty good time. It has such a good single-player, like solid story going on. So looking at it from an MMORPG perspective, it's a little bit interesting. I mean, they tried it with The Last of Us, and a lot of people like The Last of Us multiplayer as well, which, well, unfortunately, is kind of discontinued moving forward. But uh, I'm kind of excited to see where it goes. Plus, like, PS kind of needs a big you know name for like a uh like multiplayer kind of game in order to compete with what microsoft is doing with the activism blizzard and stuff uh, like those companies from multiplayer perspective yeah um it is kind of disheartening that they gave up on the uh last of us the warring factions uh multiplayer thing or whatever that they were doing i did play the that a little bit from the first one and it was enjoyable it was fun um it's just too bad to see the studio give up on that. But hopefully, you know, maybe Horizon MMORPG can fill the void or something. Yeah, it'll be there for like a couple of years and then the third game comes out and they'll discontinue it. That's how usually it goes, right? <laughs> You're not wrong on that one, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you had to kind of give kudos on like when they managed to find a successful MMORPG kind of game. That's not an easy thing to build. And that's not an easy thing to kind of maintain, which is something we're kind of learning from our next article by Dexerto regarding the finals. Yeah, the finals. Um, so it's a little bit different since it's not really like an MMORPG and more of a first-person shooter. 
But um, there's been some players griping about the battle pass being too long. Yeah, you, you know what, Ian, like, you give me your perspective on this one, and I'll give you my perspective a little bit later, because I'm not a big kind of like, you know, a shooter multiplayer kind of game kind of guy. So like, I need to understand exactly what the gripe is on this end. So, okay, I'm going to first say that I hate battle passes. I think they're fucking dumb. I understand, though, why companies do them, right? The finals doesn't make any money. It's a free-to-play game, so it uses the battle pass system to get monetization, right? You pay for skins, you buy the battle pass, you level up your battle pass, you get you unlock your skins and stuff. The biggest gripe that players are having is that every single FPS has a battle pass, right? So you're paying for $20 battle pass for the finals, right? It's probably not 20 bucks. It might be 10 bucks or something like that. But let's just say 20 bucks for the finals, 20 bucks for Call of Duty, 20 bucks for Apex. That's $60 right there between the three games, right? Now you have a limited time to level up and do your battle pass and complete those things. Well, how are you going to do that between those three three different games? If if the finals takes 100 hours to unlock everything, that's 100 hours for that one, 100 hours for Call of Duty, 100 hours for Apex. That's 300 hours right there, right? So I think that's what they're griping about is that there's just too much out there. Yeah, but couldn't you just play one game? Yeah, you could. And that's kind of that's kind of like the the big thing, right? It's like you're the finals has to compete and try to take players away from Call of Duty and stuff, right? Yeah. So that you buy their battle pass and you play their game. That's the whole thing with the battle pass. And that's kind of like what I told what I talked about before where it's like you got to try to steal those players to come to your game. But why would they do that when they're already enjoying like the shooting of Apex or Call of Duty or something like that, right? But from my perspective, right? So this is my perspective on it is that this battle pass, you know, on average, how long is the Call of Duty's battle pass versus the finals? The finals, this first battle pass is about three months long and it has the 96 tiers and people are estimating an average of one hour per tier to complete. Of course, the first 30 or so tiers are much more faster to complete compared to the last 30. So they're saying like on average, it takes about an hour to complete a tier and you pay about nine ninety nine at the base price to kind of play these games. So that's like almost, uh, what is that, a dime per hour of gameplay when you do it for the whole 100 hours. So it sounds like a pretty good deal to be really honest. And if you really enjoy the game, you know, it's a pretty good. And you just have to pay, play this game about like 10 hours or more in three months, which is not really much to be really honest like spending a hundred hour in three months wouldn't you say that's like a normal amount of time spent on a multiplayer that you enjoy i mean are we factoring in though when you go to work and you only have like the weekends to really play family stuff like that too right true but (laughs) you're not asking a fair question there because the biggest demographic for games are not people who have families (laughs) they had families Bad families, they would not be playing too many games anyway. They would not even be playing the battle passes or anything, right? That they're just playing free to play portion of it. Now, not everybody are like us or whatever, but you know, I, I see what you mean. But like a nine ninety nine for a whole three months, like about ninety days worth of playing, and I'm sure like you literally have to spend about one hour a day to play this game to get the full value on average. Most of the time, like if I pay play paid like. $10 and I'm able to unlock a lot of stuff playing the same game again and again, 
for like even just one month and a half. For me, that sounds like a good deal. The only thing is like, for me, this kind of purchase doesn't really attract anything because for me, games are more about the stories and adventures I play rather than just the gameplay itself, which is why I'm kind of having a tough time with the Ghost Runner that I'm playing right now. But like, it to me, on my perspective, this sounds like still a good deal from the finals. Like they cannot offer a cheaper deal than that. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not going to sit here and argue like the semantics of like how cost effective it is and stuff like that. I'm sure it probably is. Um, but you got to remember too, this is just skins, right? We're not talking about you're your getting pay to win weapons and stuff like that. If the majority of it is just skins so you can customize your character, shit like that, right? So it's just how much do you want to support this game versus supporting Call of Duty, right? That's yeah. kind of like what you're looking at. Um me, I don't, if I can, I don't even buy battle passes, my man. I really don't. <laughs> I don't care for them. I don't, I hate them. But I, again, I understand the reasoning for them, right? Yeah. I'm sure like they call people like us uh, who just play the free-to-play portion a bunch of deadbeats. Fucking leeches. <laughs> I'll take that title, man. You know, are yeah. you fucking lich? <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, to me, like, you know, it's also like sometimes gamers do get a little bit too overpassionate about these kind of stuff, to be really honest. Like, this article yeah. itself, I'm looking at, it's literally, I found it on a, like, you know, we found it, well, you found it on a Reddit thread, but the article itself is covering a Reddit thread about Battle Pass. So it's like a back and forth, back and forth about, like, you know, this is a second lazy article too, but, but, but that's beside the point. But like, you know, it's just like, you know, sometimes when gamers are, a little bit too passionate about something. It's kind of weird because they get really angry about this kind of stuff. That's fine. But when you look at the same comment thread, you're also seeing people kind of like saying, listen, man, this is not too expensive. Don't like it. Don't pay for it. Yeah. Like in that kind of scenario too. But what I want to take out of this article is that, you know, the finals is kind of doing good around overall. So a new, a new game coming out, you know, new shooter coming out and kind of challenging the big, established games you know i like seeing that uh, it's kind of a interesting premise and everything else and it seems like a pretty nice game to play uh probably not going to check it out i'll be really, really honest unless i have two more friends to play this with but yeah you know like to each their own what they can afford do it but yet on my perspective this is not an expensive purchase for like a three-month worth of gameplay for like a ten dollars yeah, I mean, it's it's not so much like it, that it's expensive. It's the fact of, you know, where are we going to find time to play this when I'm already playing WoW and Apex and Call of Duty and Battlefield, you know what I mean? That's, I think that's kind of what the bigger gripe was, was that yeah. it, it just took too long to unlock stuff and there was not enough time in the day. Yeah, and I, I'm just like, you know, if you want to play those games, you play those games. If you don't want to play it, you don't have time for it, you don't play it, right? I mean... I got to run and do my dailies on Destiny. Oh, yeah. One of the gripes about this one is like the weeklies are not transferable to on the finals. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it, it's a decent game. The destructible environment's cool, but I, whatever. I don't care about cosmetics, dude. Fucking eat my wiener. I'll try to uh, censor that one as the, <laughs> you know, it's the family friendly podcast. Wiener. Uh, what the hell? <laughs> Let's, uh, the <laughs> the correct term is penis, sir. <laughs> Wiener. The medical term. Uh, <laughs> moving on, Eurogamer. We got um let's see. Which is Kiss Atman, right? No, no, no. This is um 
The studio behind PlayStation Firewall game shuts down due to lack of support from VR within the industry. Yes, and this is not the only VR uh, company laying off and shutting down. Another company called Archiact, who made the Doom 3 VR, which had a good reception. People really liked that one. That one's also laying off people as well. Now, the reason I wanted to kind of put it in there is that what exactly is the kind of support that a VR company even needs in order to survive in the console and PC gaming market, right? I mean, this is a cool thing. Like, what what I want to ask is, like, you know, this is just to kind of ask a simple question, and I want to see your perspective, is that what would it take for you to buy a VR? Well, I think that's the thing right there, right? So I have to buy a VR headset, right? How much are those going for nowadays? I'm pretty sure the PS2, let me look that up, because I... It's we're talking over two hundred dollars for a VR headset. Easy, you know what I mean. Um, I know P- PlayStation just came out with their newest one. Um, how much is it? Um, PlayStation VR two hundred and ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Yeah. yeah. So here I, I got to go blow another two hundred dollars on this. So, like you, you got to really sweeten the honey pot, right? There's not too many VR games out there, in my opinion. There are some that look pretty decent. Arizona S- Sunshine, uh, one and two, and there's there's a couple other ones that I've seen too. But I think the biggest problem is that it's too spread out, right? You got Oculus, you got so you got stuff on PC and you got stuff on on PlayStation, but it's not interchangeable, right? I can't, I don't think I can. I mean, I probably can use my PSVR to use on my PC or something like that, but it's just, uh, I don't know, it's. It's too spread out, and the games that there are, there's a lot of really shitty games, to put it lightly. I mean, Resident Evil, they have a VR mode for, what is it, uh, Village, I think, and for 4 now, and for the one that was in the house. I mean, I would love to play those on VR, you know, but I gotta go buy a headset. What about you? I'm gonna guess, like, you know, what I'm understanding from your perspective is that you need to have, like, you know, justify that $300 cost by having enough of good VR games out there for you to go and buy it. And I think that's the same reason that I have as well. Like, for me, like, you know, I would buy a VR because I just enjoy racing games. And I think they've already really done really, really well on how VR works with racing. Like, it has all it needs, right? I mean, from the movement, I'm in my car anyway. And then I need VR to kind of learn how to aim for a corner by looking in that specific direction. The only reason I don't have a VR is because it's too expensive for me. It's like, it, if I'm going to buy a Steam VR, it's going to cost about 500 to like, you know, $1,000 or so. If I buy a used one, maybe it would have been a little bit better. But yeah, it's just kind of uh, too expensive on my end. And you're... Another reason is also like there isn't enough games out there to justify that cost. Even though for me, racing is the only game I'd probably play uh, with VR. Yeah. Um, yeah. You see those price tags right there, Ari? Yeah, I do. I mean, yeah, that's a little more than just 200 bucks, right? <laughs> eh, those are like the new ones. You go to eBay, you'll find maybe like $300 ones. But I mean, it's just too expensive right now, in my opinion. And it still... As long as VR has been out, it still feels like a gimmick, unfortunately. But even lowering the cost, I don't know if it can help because that's what Meta tried to do. Facebook yeah. tried to it's like they use their Oculus or whatever they had called their VR, tried to lower the price really, really low so that more people would buy it and come into the metaverse. But, you know, that thing didn't work out very well. And 
uh, Facebook is kind of moving away from the metaverse itself now. Like it's just, VR is a great novelty, but a lot of people are not really seeing a lot of widespread use or ubiquity with the uses at all. So it's kind of hurting on that. And it's unfortunate because I think a lot of these VR developers are very creative and they know how to, like the VR games are getting better right now. A lot, a lot of the newer VR games are a lot better than what it used to be and different kind of layouts. But it's kind of unfortunate that, you know, if there aren't enough uh, console or like, you know, PC gamers supporting it, then even a good work will, you know, cause them to kind of go out. Yeah, they're definitely getting a lot better than what they were for sure. But it's just, there's still not enough out there really. And again, a lot of it just still feels gimmicky. And um, the other thing with the Oculus too that fucking sucked was, you know, you get locked out of your Facebook account, kiss goodbye all your games. So like, fuck that shit. I actually deleted my Facebook account this month, but you have to wait 30 days before it's properly deleted because then (laughs) I'm going to come back and turn it on again. I haven't turned on my Facebook for like two, maybe three years. And then suddenly I wake up and I'm like, maybe I should just delete my Facebook. I don't have any reason to keep it. So I went up there, turned it online, had a lot of notifications and messages. I didn't read any single one of them. I just went ahead and deleted my Facebook now. I'm completely barred from using Oculus because I don't have Instagram or anything at all. Zuckerberg knows you're going to come crawling back. Oh, yeah. He knows. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, most of my Facebook is literally just advertisement, memes, and very few news about my friends, which is what I'm more interested in. Like, you know, I want to see who got fat or something like that. That's what I want to look at. <laughs> and, like, who got divorced? Who's still single? Who's dead? Like, you know, who's fat? Those are the only few things I need to know. Well, hopefully we'll see some sort of support with the VR industry at some point. But, I mean, I guess time will tell. And I say that a lot about a lot of shit, but... I hope it outlasts a little bit longer. It doesn't go like some gentle goodnight death. I hope it kind of like keeps on fighting and try to innovate on that. Because I think, of course, there's a lot of potential. We just haven't figured out how to use it properly. Yeah. But moving on, we got some uh, Walmart news. Big corporation. Yeah. yeah. So this is the one that, this is actually a direct from Walmart's uh, internal, not internal, but like their website. So what they're assuming is that they're starting like a, a partnership with Unity and creating a software development kit that they will send out to developers, game developers. And Unity is pretty popular with a lot of independent game developers, like smaller game kind of folks. Uh, and what they want to do is that, you know, this uh, development kit will basically allow them to integrate Walmart products into the game itself. Now, I know, like, that sounds like a weird, hacky kind of advertisement and stuff. But then I remember, if I'm playing, like, some baking simulator, or, like, PC building simulator, and I'm using the actual products that I can find in Walmart, and I'm like, oh, this simulation of my PC build looks pretty good. Why don't I just buy the same specs, and I can just click on those products and go buy it? Now, Walmart doesn't have all those things that I need for the PC building or anything like that, but that's the idea is that, you know, you'll be playing a particular game like the skin or like, you know, clothes or like some items in that game and then go ahead and buy it from the Walmart itself directly. I'm going to make a video game where you play a Walmart cashier and just have all of that shit in there. <laughs> you just hate your life. That's what you're going to do. 
Oh, no, I remember that one demo that came out about like, you know, VR shopping. And there was like this annoying person. She's like, you know, with you when you're shopping. It's like, oh, you already have a milk at the house. Are you sure you want to put it back? Or, like, you know, it's like, a, it's like a basically like an annoying person following around when you shop for virtual Walmart things. I mean, I don't remember that all that much, but I mean, I guess kudos to Walmart for something i i don't i don't know i mean it's i saw this and i just don't really know what to say about it you know yeah i think a lot of the comments that we're talking about it uh were like you know oh, look at that one more thing that i don't need uh, like people are kind of pessimistic about what walmart is gonna do i i was a little bit excited i was like it's not that i'm a big fan of walmart or anything like that but i want to see like you know where they pull it and also like it will also allow developers to earn a little bit of money from the affiliate uh link kind of situation where like if somebody buys a product from their game, then basically, you know, they'll get a little bit of a percentage, which I think is a good idea for indie, indie, like indie game developers since Unity themselves are raising prices on their game engine. So that'd be a pretty nice thing. But I can imagine, like, you know, you out there wanting to play a baking simulator, trying to make your red velvet cake and just finding the ingredients and you're like, yeah, I mean, you know, I am Ian. I like making red velvet cake and not sharing with people, but I want to get the actual <laughs> ingredients now. And then just going and like just clicking the ingredients and getting it and then making the cake and then not sharing with your pals. So did they talk about doing that with this? Like that you'd be able to buy the products like right there? Yeah. So they have a couple of used cases here uh, on the release itself that they wanted to talk about. Uh, one of the things is like a uh, game is like House Flip where like, developed by the fun guy, where the players of the mobile game, which allows you to renovate, decorate, and sell virtual homes, can purchase the real-life counterparts of items they use in the game. Okay. This includes everything from glitter and paint to decor items uh, and etc., and even a Christmas tree from a holiday time. Or there's one called Avakin Life, uh, where Walmart gave players the ability to purchase virtual twins of their latest apparel. So like, if you're kind of like one of those old Barbie games where you can put on clothes on your, you know, main character, you're and basically kind of like, yeah, your avatar, and then you can basically buy that. I remember Kim Kardashian had that game where like uh, people can download it and then they can kind of put on, you know, dresses for Kim Kardashian. That imagine, game, apparently, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just saying, imagine playing Avatar Frontier of Pandora and putting Walmart clothes on them, <laughs> and then you buying the clothes to match your avatar. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, just a one shirt that says, I'm with stupid that you can buy at Walmart and <laughs> under your avatar itself. But like, yeah, this a, it will be kind of interesting to see how they integrate it. But I hope it's not something that they just say that they're going to do. And then, you know, later on, 10 years down the road, we're still waiting for it. They have a couple of games as an example, but it'd be kind of nice to see, to be really honest. I'm kind of excited about it because like, I don't know, I'm an old man. I When I see something new, novelty technology, it gets me excited a little bit, you know? Yeah, I mean, I get that. And I mean, with everybody online shopping and stuff like that, I mean, I guess it makes some kind of sense. I mean, but you know me, I'm not a huge fan of big corporation, you know, putting their fingers in every single fucking pot. So yeah, yeah. You don't want them to take their hand into your red velvet cake. Yeah, exactly. I didn't share with my friends. I'm not sharing with fucking Walmart. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Well, let's move on to the next one, right? This is a pretty interesting uh, article from Insider Gaming about handheld devices from MSI Claw 
coming up. So MSI is a uh, kind of a computer hardware developers. And one of the things about this particular one that was kind of interesting is that the companies that are getting into the handheld, like in a PC gaming market, are not your usual console makers, not like Xbox or Microsoft or you know, Sony or, or even Apple, it's people like Lenovo, Asus, and MSI, you know, your laptop makers, your uh, computer hardware makers, like monitor makers. So I thought it was kind of interesting that these are the companies that are trying to capture that handheld PC gaming market. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, I'm not... I'm all for other companies shooting their shot for stuff like this, right? Um I mean, you had Steam Deck and stuff, and it, it lets it lets it so Nintendo doesn't just dominate that market, right? That's kind of yeah. like the biggest thing for me, because in Nintendo has left a massive blind spot for them because they only do exclusive Nintendo games unless they have licenses from other games like Skyrim or Witcher. Those kind of they have to buy licenses to put it on there now. These companies, what they're trying to do is that they want almost any kind of PC games to be able to be played on their handheld devices, which is kind of crazy because a lot of Xbox and P, like in a PlayStation, they kind of discovered maybe the handheld market is not something that they want to be in with the PlayStation Vita and stuff like that. But now we're like, you know, kind of going back again into the handheld market. It'll be kind of interesting to see where it goes, but I'm just kind of baffled by what kind of companies are trying to get into it versus what kind of companies are not trying to get into it. I mean, I'm honestly, I'm not really all that surprised because like Sony dips their toes in, then they pull out, then they dip their toe in again, then they pull out. So like Sony's kind of back and forth on it, right? Um, so they're in the game, but I feel like with Sony, their vision is, you know, because like the, the PlayStation 5 is smooth, right? What is smooth on the Switch other than a Nintendo exclusive game? Nothing. Everything runs like dog shit. These other ones like Asus and stuff like that, as long as they can make something comparable to like the Steam Deck, because shit runs fairly smooth on Steam Deck, you know? So if it's smooth, then it it can draw some people. But I think, honestly, price tag is going to be a big factor in this too. Yeah. What's the most heavy set game? I said like the highest quality kind of AAA game that you played on your Steam Deck. Honestly, none. I haven't played any. I don't think I played any AAA game on my Steam Deck because if I got, if I'm going to play a AAA game, I'm just going to play it on my PS5. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I know like a lot of people have tried some heavy hitting games and shit, and they say it runs, but it doesn't run for that long. Uh, a lot of times they're running to you know find a power source because it just drains the battery. So. Yeah, yeah, like that's the biggest weakness is like no matter how powerful it is, it needs the like, you know, you run out of battery, then what's the point of starting a game at all? Yeah, so like, you know, if I had a Steam Deck or something like that, I'd probably be playing games like Sea of Stars or something smaller like those. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. I think I played like just like a lot of smaller indie games and stuff like that, like Undermine and stuff like that. So. Yeah, well, we'll see how that kind of turns out, how MSI's, you know, or even Asus and Lenovo's handheld device compared to what is out there in the market with the Nintendo and Steam Deck. Yeah, I'm looking at the Asus ROG Alley 7-inch 120Hz 1080p, $1,000. Yep. <laughs> I, mean, I'm not, I mean, if I'm asking for it, that thing has more utility than a VR game, a VR headset. So I'd probably 
be more willing to throw money on that one than a VR headset. Yeah, because at least with that, you can take it like on the train or on a plane or something like that. You can't take your VR headset on a fucking plane. I mean, you can, but you're not going to yeah. use it. It it would kind of like, you know, save me a lot of time as I'm at the work and I can just play the game that we want to review or something like that. To be really honest, it would be a pretty good idea if I decided to buy it. But I want to wait and see how far this technology can improve or, like, you know, because it still feels like it's in kind of like a prototype kind of mode, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's... It's a slow process, but with Steam Deck really paved the way, I think, um, with like as far as what processing power can look like on a handheld. Well, let's move on then. As the Steam is trying to move us forward, there's a company that wants to take us backward, and it's the Netflix company. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) I know, right? It's like last week, I was praising Netflix for their gaming platform, and this week, I'm about to complain because they're giving like this is basically a rumor more than anything else this is something that they're planning or maybe thinking about doing but and netflix wants to start putting you know monetization on their uh their gaming platform which i remind you that you already are paying about 14 to 15 dollars a month to get access to a netflix platform and they want to add another monetization level for the people who are like literally just 1% of their user base who are playing their games on that platform, which is crazy. Like I would assume they would at least wait until like more percentage of their user base wants to play their game before they start thinking about, you know, charging people uh, on their uh, particular market or like even uh, trying to put advertisements on their games. Hey man, uh, let them shoot themselves in the foot. Don't, don't tell them. Let them shoot themselves in the foot. I mean, honestly, dude, I'm not surprised to hear this from them. Um, you know, it, it wasn't that long ago when, hey, go ahead and share your password with everyone. We don't care. You know what I mean? And then they cracked down on that, right? Um, you know, you used to be able to watch shit with limited ads. Now everything's got an ad, even if you're paying the, the $40 subscription or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, they don't, but I'm just talking out my ass. But it, like, literally... It's not surprising to hear this shit, in my opinion. But it's like they're making a kind of a... They're trying to jump off a cliff that another car before them had already gone down, you know? Like, this kind of... Like, this is what initially ruined the, uh, in my opinion, the app market games a little bit. Because I remember I play, I used to play a lot of mobile games back in the day when before they figured out how to put advertisements in there. And now if I'm playing just a fucking solitaire on my app, it literally shows up like an ad every single like you know time, and I don't even play any mobile games anymore because of shit like that. Now, Netflix they have decent kind of like you know fun games and stuff like that in their platform. Some people enjoy it. I think they should have at least waited for their user base, the percentage of their user base that is playing that platform games, a little bit higher percentage before they start monetizing. But you know. But it's also kind of weird. It's like, you know, Netflix kind of says something and people say, oh, you're going to lose a lot of subscriber. But then come next quarter earning, they have more profit for some reason. It's just like it keeps happening every single time with this Netflix every single time. But like, I just, I'm already paying $15 a month for their platform. Like, why would they want to like, you know, do this monetization again? Let them. I mean, when they uh, implemented the... uh the sharing password crackdown and stuff. Guess who got rid of Netflix? This fucking dude right here. 
you know, I said, fuck them. And I, now I got Hulu and I pay fucking $10 for that shit. And you know what? Once they start throwing too many ads at me or want to crack down on some password sharing shit, guess who's going to be floating some high seas? This motherfucker right here. Uh, I want to remind the listeners that Ian is not a pirate. He's not, he's not going around <clears throat> capturing the booties of television shows. It's, uh, yeah, I know what you mean, man. It's just like, yeah. it's, you know, draw your line. Where, where, you know, where are you going to stand for, right? Like, you already hear how, how picky I am when it comes to buying, like, EA games and shit. You know what I mean? You got to pick your battles, right? Yeah. My line was that whenever my college roommate decides to change the passport of password of his Netflix account, that was my line. <laughs> I had I had a college roommate who uh, actually used my Netflix account for a long time, which which by the way is my parents' Netflix account for such a long, long time. Like he was using it to watch House of Cards. And then and then finally I told my parents to change the password. And then he lost the access, but he never contacted me. But I knew he was watching because you could look at it from the recent he watched kind of menu. Oh, yeah. Just watching the House of Cards. I don't watch that show, but it is kind of weird. I mean, but back to this, I, I, don't, I don't really know what to say about it other than it's expected in my book, you know? Yeah, I'm so disappointed. That's all. Oh, so, well, this kind of wraps it up, right? I mean, this is... Yep. I want to say one thing real quick. Um, I think it was the last episode we were talking about the Wolverine insomnia leaks, right? Yeah. I want to take back kind of what I said. Uh, I don't believe that any gameplay actually got leaked. I think it was, like you said, just the uh, videos and stuff like that. I went back and kind of read some of the articles and stuff, and I think I just misread it or something. So I don't think it was actual, like, demo game got released or anything like that. I think it was just, like, early videos, early UI looking uh snapshots stuff like that i don't think any gameplay uh actually came out of it so my apologies on that one well i'm glad you cleared it up because i was gonna get pissed off (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'm the only one who's gonna listen to it when i'm editing i'll be like damn it ian damn it again well well, let's see i i think when i initially read them i was just like not reading them correctly or something my brain worked real good right so (laughs) I just, I just want to throw that out there because I don't want to seem like misleading, you know, to a degree. So to the one I'm listening in Alaska, <laughs> this is good, Ian. Like, you, we need to establish some early practices of wanting to correct ourselves <laughs> in the first six episodes to seven episodes. Like, we want to make sure that we try to, at least when we're reading somebody else's article on this show, you know, we try to do it properly. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, that's what I mean. I don't want, I don't intend to like spread misinformation and stuff like that. So. No, we're good, man. We're good. Most of what I say is my own opinion, and my opinion fucking sucks anyway, so. Not at all. Not at all. I'll After this show, I'll try to uh, be your therapist and talk you down from that kind of assumptions, but until then, you know, let's move on to our next segment, shall we? Yeah. So, Ian, what game did you play? Played a little bit of Sifu, my man. What about you? What did you get into? I played a little bit of On Guard. Now... I'm glad we decided to play this game, right? Because this game, these two games mirror one another. And also because they're both in a bundle in Steam and you can kind of buy a discounted price too. Oh, are they? I Well, I don't really use Steam all that much, but I do know about the bundles and stuff. I had Sifu on my PS5. 
So I just went back and played it on my PS5. And I don't know. Do you want do you want me to go first on this, or do you want to take lead? Or yeah, tell me about the gameplay. Like, and I think Shifu is a pretty a bit older and much more known game. So why don't you run me through the gameplay of that one first? Okay. Um. Well, so it is. It's really tight. Um. They did a really good job on it. The creators of Shifu. Um. I have mixed feelings with it because it is largely a fighting game. Um, and I am not good at fighting games. I fucking suck. So I have a kind of a hard time with it. It's also has some roguelike elements to it. So you do a lot of dying and restarting and making small steps and small progress to kind of get your runs going. Um, the overall story is of course, uh, you're a young guy i can't remember if it's like your dad or whatever but like your master gets killed by some of his ex-apprentices or whatever i think it is and you're basically on a revenge mission pretty standard yeah so from that game right um i remember playing it a long time ago but how would you describe is like you know okay like the uh, fighting mechanic itself like do you think you get like a variety of moves or do you have the same kind of move being used I mean, it really just kind of depends on the person. You do have a couple of different moves that you can choose. I typically will always go for weapons. Uh, some people might not use weapons at all, but I love like taking a baseball bat or a stick and just bopping someone over the head with it. You know, like I think that shit's funny as hell. Um, then you could also like level up so like your weapons last longer or they do more damage and stuff like that. The level up system in this game is really interesting because when you get killed, rather than just flat out dying, you have these medallions that can take the place of your life and you can use them to kind of revive yourself. And you have, I think, four or five of them. And they don't always get used up. But when you die, you actually age. Your character ages. So you start out as like, a, I think it's like early 20s. And then, you know, I don't really know how the dying mechanic goes because like sometimes you might only age a year and then sometimes you age like six years and stuff. And I still, I can't remember how that kind of went, but um, like, I think what I remember is that uh, it depends upon your kill count or something like that. It's something like that. It, it's like the more enemies you defeat, the lo- like the lower the ages that you accumulate, right? So, like, if you defeat 10 guys, you might only age a year, whereas if you only defeat, like, four guys, you'll age, like, six years or something. Um, Now, different moves you get at different years as well. Some moves are locked behind that you can only get when you're, like, in your 40s and 50s versus in your 20s. So, it's real interesting. Highly recommend the game. It is a lot of fun. But, again, it is kind of a fighting game at heart. So, you do have, like, your forward-forward triangles and stuff like that. Um, to execute moves that I'm just not that good at. Yeah, I don't want to say like if you were better at it or something like that. But like, do you feel like the game goes kind of fluidly? Like, you know, it's from what I remember, it's like a kind of a old boy corridor fighting kind of system, arena fighting kind of system, right? So you go from one arena to another arena, defeat the enemies there, fight the boss there and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um you move from area to area and you have enemies in there. Sometimes like in the corridors, they'll sprinkle a couple enemies here and there and stuff, but you largely just go through whooping everybody's ass. And it is very satisfying. Um, It is a lot of fun. 
uh, there's different enemies, of course. You have like uh, big, tough enemies that are hard to knock down that'll try to grab you and stuff. And then you have these you have smaller, quicker enemies that can be just kind of like a mosquito pain in the ass on you, kind of constantly zipping around, you know? So there, there's a lot of different variety in the game. And the, the atmosphere and the music are top notch as well. I got to say, yeah. the second level, the club scene, the song in the, the club scene is just, it is like chef's kiss. Oh, it's beautiful. I love that shit. It's it it's yeah. it so well. It's like watching a Donnie Yen kind of like, you know, uh Hong Kong movies like fight scene happening in club or like it's kind of fighting the music in the background. Yep, chucking bottles at him and shit. Like it's so fucking oh, yeah. dude. I love it. Exactly. Yeah. From the uh enemy perspective, what did you think about the enemy hierarchy, right? The mosquitoes versus the boss versus the main boss. Like, you know, do you think like, you know, there was enough variety between these three levels of hierarchy. Yeah, there there definitely is. Um, again, I'm I'm not good at fighting games, but like there's there's a lot of guys for you to just beat the crap out of. And like I said, like you know, you you kind of go through and you you beat your stage and like you get as many like upgrades as you can. If you go on to the next stage, you you get as many kind of upgrades as you can. You die. And then you reset yourself. As long as you've un like locked unlocked your skills, so like you unlock your skills as you go. But when every time you die, you have to unlock them again until you have, uh, have unlocked them like four times or something like that. And then they're permanently unlocked for you, right? So that's how you kind of like get better. And then you don't have to buy those skills anymore. But when what you do is is you try to beat the stage of course without dying too many times so like you'll die a couple of times say you you get to like at the end of the first level you're at the age of 27 or something right and you start out at 20 you start off your next stage at 27 right but you can go back to that first stage and try to beat it at a beat it and not die as many times so the next time you go to that second stage you start off at a younger age so like 24 or something to kind of give yourself more lives to get through really interesting yeah i mean do you think that kind of hampers your game or did you enjoy that aspect of you know leveling versus how you come back respawn like do you think that kind of help or would you have just preferred a normal respawn where you just kind of like restart the section after you die no i i like the way that they did it because that's the uniqueness of the game right that's how it sets itself apart from your typical roguelike games is the the dying mechanic that they implemented in this game so i I enjoy it. Again, I'm just not good at fighting games. I cannot state that enough. Whereas I'm just not good, so I get my ass kicked a lot. It's kind of the weird thing about, not a disagreement, but like the reason I don't want to call like a fighting game is like, you know, for me, a fighting game is like, you know, one versus one, kind of a Street Fighter or like, you know, Mortal Kombat. This one has like a more roguelike element. That, all right, let's have this question, right? Did you enjoy the section where you're fighting multiple mosquito enemies? Or did you enjoy the boss fights more? Nope. I, I enjoy both aspects because fighting the the multiple enemies at once um, feels like the core of the game, right? And that kind of helps you hone your skills to fight the bosses and stuff. And it, it gives you that nice, that nice change up in the pacing of the game. So I'm fine with that. The reason why I call it more of a fighting game is because you have to input moves to do your, your skills and stuff, right? So again, like forward, forward, triangle, 
stuff like that. It, that's very similar to how fighting games are with your quarter circle, quarter circle, high kick or something like that, like a street fighter. That's why that's why it's called a fighting game is because of that. Yeah, no, I remember. It's like, so you cannot just button smash your way through the victory. You have to actually use combo moves that are specifically designed using certain kind of button com- combinations. Yeah, so you can kind of button mash and get your way through, but there's like, you have to be good at timing your dodges and blocks and like you have to like get close to do your leg sweeps and shit so it's like you you have to that's where like those fighting games if you're good with fighting games you you'll be good at this game you know what i mean so like it sounds like you know this game is small but the main area focuses like you know this uh, kind of a diverse and detailed kind of gameplay of how you fight and also, like, you know, the sound design and et cetera. So that's where they've really put in a lot of dedication into this game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you can tell that they they spent a lot of time in it because it is a very fluid game. It's uh, Nothing is really all that stiff. Um, it flows very well. The, you know, usually if your, your combos aren't coming out, it's usually a user error versus, like, the game's just not reading your inputs or something like that. What did you think about the art style, the, you know, how it looks? It's unique. Um, I mean, I, it's hard to describe. Um, it definitely, it seems like more drawn. I mean, I, it's hard to describe, but it, it is a nice, unique kind of feel. It does have that, like, it looks like an indie game. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't look like a AAA game or anything like that, but that doesn't mean it looks bad by any means. It looks very well. Your your movements are they're not stuttery or anything like that. Like everything is very fluid and just easy going in the game. Yeah, we'll do a story comparison with the game that I want to talk about a little bit later. But overall, like you know, similar kind of mechanics, similar kind of style. Would you play another game similar to this? Like, what is your recommendation from gameplay perspective? Um, I mean, yeah, I would totally play another game like this. Um, I I don't know if you know have heard the game Absolver. Yes, I was going to ask you about it after this and say, have you played the predecessor of this game, Absolver, before? But that one is a multiplayer game, right? Yeah, it's kind of a multiplayer one. I didn't play too much of it. I only played a little bit, but again, it's a fighting game, so it uses the same kind of mechanics and stuff. Um, I'm just, I'm not very good at fighting games, so I don't play them too much. I mean, I'm not good at very many games, except Monster Hunter. But yeah, (laughs) that sounds pretty good. Well, let me go ahead and talk to you about it. Same kind of questions and same kind of answer about this game called On Guard. Yeah, you saw this one. Now, like, I take it it's more of a swashbuckler-esque? Yeah, so where Sifu is like, you know, your kind of a serious martial arts, like, you know, stoic gameplay, this one's the exact opposite. It's like just making joke and quippy and it's like having a charming swashbuckling kind of old school Zoro kind of swordplay kind of game. Now, we'll, I'll talk about the gameplay a little bit, but it is a very, you play as a, a character called Adalia Velador. You know, sounds like a made up Spanish name. I mean, to be fair, all the names are made up, but like this sounds like a kind of like those classic, like, you know, old Spanish name with like, you know, a lot of pizzazz panache to it. Mm-hmm. And this character is supposed to be one of the best swordsmen. Uh, she is like, you know, really good at the swordsman and you have to kind of go through the game fighting enemies with your sword and you get kind of different kind of enemies and etc. But yeah, it's mostly a sword, uh, swashbuckling sword play game. I, I mean, 
do you have is it like sifu where like you have moves and stuff like that like different kind of actions with your sword and stuff or is like how is the combat is it more of like a like a parry block type system like with like dark souls or something or is there a lot of dodging or so this game goes to the exact opposite route of the detailed combat from Sifu. <laughs> it has a very simple combat, right? Okay. It's a very simple as in like, you know, you attack with the same button. There is no variety of kind of attack. You do a parry and a dodge. So like, you know, similar to Sekiro where like a certain visual prompt will ask you to dodge an attack versus a certain visual prompt will ask you to parry an attack. Okay. So there's a similar kind of thing in there. But a lot of the moves from both the player, the character player and the enemies are all repeatable there isn't a lot of variety into it and it is a very simple nothing really repeated like you learn all basically the move that you need to learn in the first few like you know there's only four episodes of this game pretty short okay too. so like you learn most of those moves pretty early on you do have like those uh special moves, but those special moves basically kicking and uh uh an area of effect attack and a uh targeted attack critical attack and although the gameplay overall is very simple and i'm making it sound like this is a boring game (laughs) what makes it more interesting is that when you are surrounded by a lot of enemies in an arena you have to really prioritize on using your environment as a weapon okay so like oftentimes like you when you enter an area where you're going to meet a lot of enemies It's surrounded with tables. It's going to be surrounded with like pitchers and jars and powders and a lot of stuff in there. So you have to figure out like, you know, do you want to just parry and dodge and take your chance with that? Or do you want to walk around the room like in those, you know, swashbuckling movies where like you're kind of getting cornered, but you're trying to corner them as well. So like you capture like a jar and then you throw a jar on their head and then it covers their head for a while and you can attack other enemies while that enemy is struggling with the bucket in their head or something like that. So like, or you can throw like a piece of meat at them or like make the floor slippery so that they slip and fall or like hit a, like in a kick a Sparta, kick a box towards an enemy. Now that portion of the gameplay is kind of interesting because you, you don't even have to really aim at an enemy to attack them with an item. You kind of just have to position your camera just enough that it will attack it. So you don't have to like, oh man, I hit them with this one, but it missed. It doesn't really happen a lot. So like, it's kind of like the sword play is very simple, but it's the part where you have to use the environment to against your enemy. That's where it's a lot more fun. Yeah. So you can actually do that in Sifu as well. I like, I didn't really touch on that too much, but like you can get a skill which lets you just hit one button and then you can like kick a bottle at someone or like if, if there's a bottle there or like a chair, yeah. you can like kick a chair at someone. It lets you just instantly use those items, but it's a skill that you yeah. have to unlock. So. It's nice that that yeah. game has it too. Exactly. But the weird thing is like in this one, you have to do it if you really want to survive through the game. Like it's more emphasis on that one than it is on like the actual fighting itself. Yeah. That's what, so, like, you know, I'm sure somebody can go through the Shifu without like, you know, um, doing a lot of uh, the environmental gameplay, but just a little bit of like a baseball bat and bottle hitting. But you can really go through, you cannot really go through this game a little bit easier in On Guard unless you start using the environment to your benefit. Yeah, I mean, it. you can definitely go through in Sifu and not really necessarily use those things, but it's definitely yeah. uh, to your advantage to, like, quick use them to, like you said, disorient the one enemy so that you can target another one or something like yeah. that. 
Yeah, and every fighting round in this one is the hit point limited. So like you have like five hit points or something like that and five or seven hit points and there is no like an item or anything that can recharge your health. You have to survive to the round with whatever hit points you have. Ooh, and so, so no matter even if you're playing it on easy mode, so you have, if you, there's a round with like 10 different enemies, you have to pass through that round with just that amount of hit point. That's why now you really have to use the environment because environment gets you a lot more ability to distract your opponent so you can focus on some other opponent for a while. And the amount of opponents that you have, there isn't that many variety. You get your normal soldier, you get a little bit of a stronger soldier, a captain, you get a duelist, and then a frenchman. So like, does each chapter have a boss then? And there's not a lot of variety of boss, unfortunately. No. There's only three bosses, three main bosses that you have to fight. And then in the last mission, you fight all those three. Oh. And two of the bo- yeah, and two of the bosses are actually your friends. <laughs> so like they're trying to train you, you know, they're trying to like get you to like the level that you need to be, get used to kind of fighting your main boss. Like you fight your main boss in the second mission, actually, and then the main villain of the story for the first time. And then on the third episode, you fight your friend. And then on the fourth or final episode, you literally fight all of these uh, main bosses again. Okay. So not a lot of variety on that end. Yeah. Well, how about the environment variety? Do you, Is there a lot of environment variety? Because like, I'm looking at some screenshots right now, and it kind of reminds me of uh, The Curse of Monkey Island. I don't know if you ever played those games, but... No, I was going to say, like, the environment looks more like Disney Dreamlight more than anything else. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it looks like a kind of a Disney Dreamlight, like, you know, those uh, 3D Disney games that came out for a yeah. while, too? Yeah, 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 it's basically more like that. But uh, the environment is basically you kind of play through the city, which is not really populated, so you're just going straight through it. And then you play through, like, a couple of dungeons and stuff, and then you play through a beach island kind of area. So there's like a different episode has a different setting into it, but uh, it doesn't really, the environment itself, as in like the uh, setting, doesn't really matter too much. It's still the same kind of gameplay. Yeah, I gotcha. I mean, because that's like, Seafood kind of does that as well. Like your different quote unquote chapters have different areas. So like your first yeah. one, you like go to like a growery type place and you're kind of like go, fighting through buildings. And then your second area is your club scene. The third one is the museum which that's kind of where I stopped at because I just got my ass handed to me so much. So Yeah, but Sifu has so much artistic variety in every episode too, right? I mean, the music, the setting, the colors, it's so different in every episode. But in this one, it's not really that different. Yeah, it's all kind of the same, just kind of blends together. Yeah. Yeah, the strong suit about this game is that it's short enough that you don't realize these flaws immediately. While you're playing through the game, you have fun. Uh, and then after you're done, you put it down. And then uh, after you complete the game, when you're going to your fridge to grab some water, you think, was that a good game? <laughs> oh. Yeah, d- definitely. The uh, There's definitely differences in each level in Sifu. And they're vastly different, like you said. So, well, I was just going to say, like, because even when you're going through Sifu, like, you'll find clues in the second area that unlocks stuff in the first area. And, like, you'll find clues in the third area that unlocks stuff in the second or the first area. So it's like you find clues that make it worthwhile to go back to get little extra tidbits of story and stuff. Yeah, on this one, uh, on Guard, it has something similar, but it's more like after every episode is over, it gives you a list of things that are, like, you know, 
a hidden achievement in this episode kind of thing. Like you should need to do these kind of things. And you don't really see it while you're playing the episode. So like when the episode is over and then you see these things and I'm like, I didn't do any of those. <laughs> uh, I have to go back and replay the episode. And you can play any episode you want to replay any episode you want to. I think just like Sifu on that end too. Yeah. And you can basically kind of like go back and achieve those things and etc. But yeah, there was like this list of things that I was supposed to be doing and I didn't do any single one of them. Well, unfortunately. It's kind of bad that they only show you like at the end of it or something, you know, like... It's not really that bad. I think that's what their initial thought probably was. It's like, uh, like you know, we wanted to go back and play this game. But I'll tell you, like, you don't want to play this game too long because you'll realize this is a very shallow kind of game, not much into it. Yeah. And overall, the game is short. It's sweet. It's definitely worth It's like I would give it like a good solid C to B, like, you know, kind of great if I have to. And I change my grading every single episode. <laughs> but yeah, it's like in a good... B minus kind of game in my opinion. Uh, overall, like you know, there's a lot of different things you can. Not a lot of different things you can do. Sorry, there isn't a lot of different things you can do in this game. Uh, but it's pretty short, and you'll enjoy it, it while it's going. And it has pretty charming kind of personality to it. Uh, very quippy. Like the quips are pretty good. Uh, they had a latest patch for this game, which added even more quips. Uh, so it's kind of interesting on that end. Yeah, a lot more dialogue than what Sifu's got, to say the least. Yeah, so that's the exact opposite, right? So, yeah. like, the area that this game is focusing on, the fun, the dialogue, the kind of quips and jokes, that's the exact thing that Sifu is not focusing on, while yeah. the serious artistic fighting mechanics, those kind of things that Sifu focuses on, this game does not focus on at all. <laughs> it's like these two games are like this weird funhouse mirror reflection of one another, where, like, they kind of are similar, but kind of a little bit but like a little bit wavy kind of different yeah the, the same but different exactly which is even more stronger when it comes to the story itself yeah i mean I, it sounds interesting but like you said i mean with it being as short as it is it probably won't be something i get into plus i still gotta defeat the asshole that killed my dad or my trainer yeah, or and yeah. see if you're shifu your seafood and yeah, never. Hey, that's the name of the game. Yeah, yeah. The, I'll I'll say this right. Um, quick note on the story side. I'll say uh, overall, like I played seafood a long time ago when it came out. I think, but the story is kind of interesting. This is what I'll say: is that both of these stories are pretty short compared to like a lot of games that you and I play. But their effectiveness is in like you know your character arc and stuff like that. Now. I think if I remember on Shifu, your character arc is more like a personal kind of growth. Like, you know, you start with a sort of a lie thinking that by revenge, getting your revenge, you'll be able to serve your purpose kind of thing. While in On Guard, it's the exact opposite. It's like the story is more focused around uh, how this one character doesn't change, but she kind of makes an impact in the world around her instead of herself in- in that manner. So it's like the on guard is more like a change arc where like the character stays the same, but they affect the world around them. While Sifu is like a really good personal kind of story, a growth arc where like a character doesn't change the world, but instead ends up, you know, changing himself by the end of the overall game. Yeah. For sure. That's uh, definitely 
what I gather too with uh, Sifu at least is it's more of a personal growth story than uh, yeah. than anything. Yeah, do you do know that Sifu has a multiple endings, right? I did not know that. Um, yeah, I, I didn't even beat it once though. I mean, I, like, I just I get my ass kicked, dude, and that that. Uh, museum level is fucking rough. I've unlocked the shortcuts in it so I can get to the top like pretty quickly but then like you're in a really sh- small area and they just fucking overload you with enemies and it- it's too much for me to deal with so I get my ass in it to me. Quitter. I've never quitted a game before. Yeah. Ghost Runner. <laughs> a fighter with Ghost Runner. Yeah. yeah. But I quit. Uh, but yeah, I mean like overall the story, I like the Shifu story a lot more. I mean uh, understandably, these are both small game, but their stories are quite impactful. Shifu has, in my opinion, from for like a small game, a much better story than it probably should deserve at that kind of budget. While the on-guard story is just like, you know, somebody telling you a story about Zoro or something like that, like a swashbuckling kind of story. It's pretty nice. It's corny, very corny, but uh, it's very funny in some aspects as well. Yeah, yeah. simple, you know. I think I would like the uh, the lightheartedness of uh, On Guard because it does sound like a kind of a lighthearted, a lightheart like funny game. Yeah, this game both came out uh, last year, twenty twenty three, and uh, I think one of the like the one of the game, the Shifu got pretty good recognition and people really liked it. They were talking about it, while On Guard kind of went a little bit under the radar. Nobody really focused on it. But I'll say, like, if you are going through like palette cleanser like you want a game that kind of helps you get over like a big game you just played and you just want to reset your taste buds for your game and then go move on to someone i think on guard is like a perfect one to play sifu came out in 2022 by the way oh it did yeah oh, man it's been a long time then listen to what i had it i was gonna say it came out a while ago it's been out there but it's definitely it's solid and it's definitely fun and if you like fighting games pick it up because it's definitely worth it yeah, I would love to see more of these kind of games coming out, like these small kind of games that focuses on something specific rather than like a whole big world or something like that. So like, you know, for On Guard, it's like the funny story that they want to focus on while Shifu focuses on like, you know, fighting kind of mechanic and stuff like that. I think that'd be much more nice. I used to not give these kind of smaller games a chance before we started doing the podcast, but I think that has been a kind of a welcome change on my end, like, you know, wanting to give these small games a shot while I'm waiting for the next big one, like Dragon Dogma 2 that's coming out soon. Or, I mean, you could just play Monster Hunter like me. How about I don't do that? I'll play Monster Hunter Wild. I promise you that. But, man, that's you're not playing that game. You're addicted. You know, I need to get you some help. There. Dude, I love Monster Hunter, and I will gladly be addicted to that. I'll play Monster Hunter Wild when it comes out. That's what I'll definitely do. Like, I'll give it a shot. Uh, hopefully we keep up with the news on that and to be really honest but overall like an on guard you know i'll give it a good solid b minus definitely check it out what would you say sifu deserves i mean the sifu deserves an a for sure but for me personally i would give it probably like a b plus a minus just because i'm not good at it but i acknowledge that it's it is a very good game you know, could it be a little bit easier? Maybe. Could it be a little bit more accessible to people that aren't really good at fighting games? Maybe. You know, and that's kind of where I give it like maybe like the A minus over like the B plus, you know? It's a good game though, for sure. Yeah. Do you think you're somebody who gets really easily frustrated when you die too many times? Uh, yeah. 
I mean, I I love the Souls games, but like if I'm getting my ass kicked by a boss like hand over fist, I mean, there comes a point where I'm just like, okay, I've had enough of this, you know. Oh, uh, do I have a game to recommend to you? Oh yeah, no thanks. <laughs> I'll play Monster Hunter. All right, All right no, no, that's not. No, well, I'm gonna have to get you out of that game. We're gonna have to one day move on and actually try to play other games too. No. But yeah, I will play. I think I had a pretty good time with On Guard, uh, but you know. It's it's not a perfect game. It's got a little bit of uh, drawbacks to it. It's not as detailed as I would like it to be, considering it's a small game. You know, I understand. You know, it's not always in the budget either. Like when I jump into a water, there's no sound in the water, and you die immediately. So it's like you know, well, you know, a game is really cheap when you know you can't doesn't have any water mechanics. You know, yeah. I mean, it's kind of sad, but it, it, it's their design choice, I guess. So. Nah, nah, but overall, like, you know, fighting in that game is fun. No. It's simple, but it's fun. Yeah. As long as you had fun, that's all that matters. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, yeah, I did have fun. B minus worth of fun. All right, sounds good, man. So if, thank you for listening, everyone. So if you'd like to reach out to us, highpingbastards at gmail.com. We'll be a way for you to contact us if you have any kind of thing to say to us. If you dare. <laughs> if you dare. Bye. Bye.